this is another thing. This is a podcast where we talk about REM. Yes. And REM songs, specifically. Yes, and even more specifically than that, on this episode, we're going to be talking about what? The first track of the first REM EP, Chronic Town, which is the name of the EP, not the name of the track. The name of the track is Wolves, comma, lower. The comma, I assume, is silent. Comma, space, lower. <laughs> yes, I, I think so. I wonder what the inflection is supposed to, what is supposed to be. Yeah, they don't say wolves, it lower, wolves do they, in the song? Lower? No. Now the lower wolves. So, I don't know. Wolves? Mm. Are there higher wolves? or? These are questions you will not hear answered in this podcast. No. But you may hear speculated upon. Or not. No promises. <laughs> I don't know. Is the song lower? Is it like they had a wolves song that was in a higher key? Mm. We'll never know. Um, and I refuse to do that research. Um, <laughs> so the year is... Is this 1981 this came out? I refuse to do research also, so... I'm pretty sure it was 1981, or might be 1982. It was a long time ago. Neither of us were. Neither of us were even around. born, Ali. No. That's crazy. Yes. What else was happening? The Cold War was still on. Yep. I think this might have been before Brothers in Arms came out. I think you may have mentioned Dire Straits in the last episode. Yes, yeah, and I will be shoehorning them in every episode. I look or forward not. to this. Um, <laughs> what other music? What's the. I'm going to look it up. Oh, it's, I mean, it's early It's early on in uh, Reagan's presidency. Okay, so yeah, Carter's out, isn't he? So it's, it, it's kind of, there's been an escalation in the, in the Cold War because I guess the years after the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis of like mainly just being like occasionally making snide remarks about each other but trying to get along. I mean, obviously you did have Vietnam... In the 70s. But uh, yeah, there definitely was like a heating up of the Cold War and the rhetoric was... And certainly I know a lot of songs from then kind of like dealt with like the, oh my goodness, are we going to have a nuclear apocalypse? So it was 1982. It was August oh, 1982. Okay. So it was slightly All later right. than I thought, because I thought Man was okay. 82, but I guess it's 83. Uh, so I'm sorry about that. Still was weren't born then. So I'm looking up what was happening in music in 1982 other than R.E.M. Do you want to play... Guess the top singles of that year. No, I do not wish to play this game. Denied. Oh, go on then. <laughs> I feel like if, I feel like if I would, I feel, feel like you kind of backed me into a corner there. Where yeah, that's I, what I was trying. If I to. said if I said no, that I would seem like a spoil sport. So I thought I will pretend to be a spoil sport for a second. <laughs> oh, you're and very then, kind. And then relent. Okay, so uh, are we guessing UK and uh, you can US? guess either UK or US because we're based in the UK, as you can tell by our okay. accents. And REM, of course, are based out of the United States. So yes, um, you can guess. You can guess either. There may well be some crossover. Okay, Ooh. this um, is for the whole year. For the whole year. Yeah. Okay. You can, um, I've got the top. You've got like a top fifteen 10... or so in the. Uh, UK and I've got the top 100 in the US, although my website browser is not big enough to show more than the top 30, so... (laughs) Right, Unless you want me to scroll. Okay, so I get to cover myself in glory as far as my musical knowledge. This is gonna go so, so well. Um, So... Yeah, let's see if we can get two or three. Should I be guessing singles or albums? Uh, Singles, because that's what I've got at the moment. Fair enough. Oh my goodness. Are we too early for the new romantics? 
Thing of my heart. I, I'm, I'm going to say, like, maybe we have some adamant happening, or not quite yet. Uh, doesn't look like quite yet. I don't know. Oh, there no. is some, I can see in this list that there is some Spandau Ballet in 1983. Okay. So slightly, uh, slightly before that, but... Um, do we have do we have any De- Depeche Mode at this point? Uh, not that I can see from here, but I, I, I'm pretty sure Depeche Mode were about then. Yeah, I want to say that they... There are they a couple would... of real... There's a lot of stuff on here I don't recognise that has not really lasted but there's a couple of these that are, that are still classics new order by this point uh yeah new order would have been around just about but not within the top 10 by the looks of it mm, okay. i'm going slightly to not exactly alternative but like i'll put some suggestions you can tell me your thoughts about whether they have stood the test of time do you really want to hurt me by culture club i have uh, the okay. tiger by oh. survivor come on eileen a song that i really dislike <laughs> Seems to have been the number one selling single in the UK, possibly, in 1982. We are indeed a cultured nation. Uh, a town called Malice came out in 1982, so there you go. Past the Duchy by Musical Youth. No clue. What? No, I, I've, I've never heard of this. Past the Duchy of the left hand, on the left-hand side. That's all I remember. Okay. The Lion Sleeps Tonight, apparently. Which I did not realise was by a band called Tight Fit. Um, no. Nope. So, Fame... I assume that's fame from the musical fame. I, th- it, it, it I is. think so, yeah, yeah, it is. That was, those were all from the UK. Don't You okay. Want Me by the Human Other... League in the uh, US. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I the Tiger by Survivor was also in the, okay. in the top 10 uh, selling signals. I don't know why, but I think of that as being in a Rocky movie. Is that I'm correct? I'm pretty sure it was in a Rocky movie. But clearly not the first Rocky movie. I'm going to Because that was now. 76 or something. Uh, it was the theme tune for the film Rocky Three. Ah, okay. Oh, I've got to oh confess that I've never seen the Rocky film. I know this is not your film podcast, so maybe it's okay to confess <laughs> it. Um, well, I have seen Rocky 1, or, you know, as it was known, Rocky, because they didn't know there was going to be goodness knows how many sequels. And I've also seen Rocky 4, where Sylvester Stallone wins the Cold War by punching a Swedish man. That was good of him, I guess. I think he's Swedish. I'm more familiar with the song Lessons Learned from Rockies 1 to 3 by Corner Shop, <laughs> which did not come out in 1982, but it is a great song. So, big up Corner Shop. Don't You Want Me by The Human League, um, Ebony and Ivory by Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. Uh, I don't know how well that's aged. Um, I can imagine that there's, like, it's well-intentioned, but there's probably going to be some cringiness. That would be my assumption. Chariots of Fire by Evangelis. Oh! I'm more I of a fan of his work in Blade Runner, but... I'm just scrolling down now and see if I can... Was that, was that the Oscars where some British director, because a British film won Best Picture, was like, the British are coming, the British are coming. <laughs> that sounds like a thing that definitely would have happened and also sounds terrible. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it turns out we weren't. <laughs> Why have I got... I was just about to do Chariots of Fire. There was too much of a patient pause. It's very stirring. Thanks, Fingers. I actually, like, once I'm past the top ten, I don't recognise most of these. I don't know whether this was just in a time period where... Sorry, I should stop doing this. Okay. No, carry on. Cascading just, it. just like, I'm going to leave it. <laughs> I don't know whether this was a moment in time, like, where either I was too young, obviously, because I was... Because <laughs> you were, like, um, minus, minus several. But also, or whether it was just there wasn't so much crossover between, like, British and American mm. music. 
I'm really not recognising a lot. I recognise a lot of these artists in just very few songs. Um, Young Turks by Rod Stewart, a song I don't know, which I huh. don't know whether that's about the Turkish political movement. I, I'm sure it is. He's he's a very, <laughs> you know, he's known for the erudition of his songs. I don't, I don't really know any of these songs. All right, so we should probably skip forward to... Don't Stop Believing. Okay, I won't. <laughs> Done. Right, I'm closing that tab. I'm closing that tab. That's... <laughs> That is a feature that will not be coming back. Uh, <laughs> or might be coming back in a more orderly way. We'll see how this goes. Have fun in the edit. All of this is staying in. That's my guarantee to you. No, it's <laughs> not. I was going to try and change that. If this episode is more than like 50 minutes long, I failed. And I can see that I have been recording for more than 50 minutes. Awesome. So it's the first track of Chronic Town. The first RMAP. It's Wolves, comma, lower. Wolves, lower. Magic colon, The Gathering. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts? I like it a lot. It's very good. It's very jangly. Um, I like it. it the is problem is, okay, super jangly. I have a confession to make. So I've been mm. listening to this EP uh, this week in preparation for this. I was already kind of familiar with it. And the main problem is, is that I love gardening at night so much that I find it very difficult to retain information about any of the other songs on the EP. <laughs> and when I start playing them, I'm like, oh yeah, I know this song. But as soon as I start playing it, I cannot remember anything about these songs. Yes, I think if you wanted to be mean about R.E.M.'s early work, you could just go, jangly guitars, there you go, that's it. I mean, it's, there's definitely some jangly guitars. Yes, uh, which I love. It's like the Smiths, but the lead singer's much less of a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, take that, Morrissey. Yes, I, I'm, I'm sure this this will be this will be the uh, the podcast episode that makes him... Uh, <laughs> reconsider his reactionary and reprehensible ways. We can only hope. Yeah. I like the... I was going to say, one thing I notice about the vocals is that it's very noticeable... This sounds like a stupid thing to say, but it's it's very noticeably Michael Stipe voice. Yeah. Like, he sounds like he sounds, whereas with some bands, you listen to their really early stuff and you're kind of like, oh, okay, their voice changed quite a bit between that and their more famous stuff i am gonna drag dire straits in uh because yeah um mark knopfler in that sounds like he's trying really hard to do a bob dylan impression which album are you talking about uh self-titled dire straits okay sorry which has things like the familiar enough with dire straits oeuvre well, that will have to be our follow-up podcast. <laughs> the much less cool, much more middle of the road. <laughs> no, I was genuinely thinking between albums, I don't mean between regular track mm. episodes, between albums we have like a podcast that is about a different band that mm. is either important to us or we think relates to this. Yes. <laughs> uh, Chris Cornell is another person where I kind of hear early Soundgarden songs. I'm like, okay, that doesn't sound like him at all. I mean, it's still kind of screamy, but it's it's certainly like he got a lot better mm. as he went on. And and even like Tom York from Radiohead, he I guess he was going for a more like stereotypically like rock voice early on. And I think I heard like a story that he went to see a Jeff Buckley gig and was just like, I need to try harder with my vocals and there's different things I can do and maybe I can sound less macho and it will still be good. 
I'm massively paraphrasing an interview I probably read nearly 20 years ago. So, <laughs> but yeah, good enough it, for me. Michael, hopefully good enough for you too, dear listener. <laughs> he does sound like his own like distinctive voice and what he'll continue to sound like. More so than uh, than Gardening at Night, actually. He's much less muffled. Yeah, he's much less muffled than Wolf's Lair. I see what you mean. It just seems like as R.E.M. continued, I don't know, he sounds more confident, I guess, in that later stuff. Mm. Um, but he, yeah, it doesn't sound distinctly. It like it doesn't sound like it could have been a different singer. Yeah. At all. Again, I think this is something people say about REM, particularly their earlier stuff, is that his diction. He's not particularly. He doesn't particularly care very much whether you can pass the words that he's singing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true of a lot of. I think particularly earlier REM. Yeah, it's they, they don't really care about being obtuse, and it's it's unclear whether the songs really mean anything and mm. whether they really care about whether they mean anything or not. Um, yeah. To choose, to choose an absurdist example that goes way beyond R.E.M., uh, my partner <laughs> is fond of singing, there's a song about llamas that's on YouTube from a long time ago. <laughs> um, and it's a song that kind of entirely works because they're just choosing words that like rhyme and mm. like fit to the flow of the song, but all of them are stupid. Um, I'll put a link in the episode description. <laughs> Definitely, that sounds. Do you like want me to try and I sing it? Have. We just cut this bit out. Yeah, it kind on. of goes like, "Oh, if only Allison was around." It's like, "Here's a llama, there's a llama, add another little, add another little llama duck," and then it's like, "I was once a treehouse, I lived in a cake," um, and it like it doesn't. <laughs> I think I might have heard that actually. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's one it of almost, these like early, it almost sounds sounds like a surrealist version of like a uh, uh, what were those two Victorian dudes? Gilbert Sullivan. Yes, it sounds it like them. Bit, like where it's just it's like the cadence that's really important. The cadence of their of them and the yeah, but and the rhythm of them, but um, and it's kind of great. I mean, it's dumb, but it's kind of great <laughs> in that way that like it 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 the, the song flows really well and it carries it and it's catchy. Yeah, um, and it and so much of that stems from like the willingness to put like what works as a structure like song structure mm. i mean and they're trying to be stupid in that song sure yeah but over like whether there is like coherent meaning in it yes and you can kind of extract bits of meaning from it like you can extract bits of meaning from a lot of rem songs but they're not concerned with it being explicit I, i've just looked up the the lyrics to kind of remind my to remind is this myself the, is this the lyrics to the llama song or to wolves lower to wolves lower <laughs> yeah i'm like okay i got like about 40 percent of this but it just it just feels like it's enough to grapple with yeah like it's vaguely ominous like if you just put wolves just are things that we from a very early age i'd imagine in a lot of cultures you know they are the villains in a lot of fairy tales and other children's stories and they're kind of ominous and even though the f- pace of the song is quite upbeat it's kind of like, ooh, wolves, hmm. Suspicion yourself. Suspicion yourself. Don't get caught. That is Wise. some more lyrics. Is it about Cold War paranoia? Mm. And about McCarthyism? Well, it could be about McCarthyism. I'm jumping out of myself by about five I think albums, we are, yeah. But we are, might come back to McCarthyism. I think that, my friend, is called foreshadowing. It's maybe even five-shadowing. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh too much and clip this microphone. That I'm a terrible, I'm, terrible person. I know. I'm really sorry that I laughed disproportionately <laughs> at that joke. 
I feel like it's only going to encourage you. <laughs> yeah. But keep them coming. Right. Um, so what has it got to do with wolves? Not very much. They're just about. I mean, I see what you mean. That's vaguely sinister. It's quite an upbeat song that's vaguely sinister. Yeah. They don't seem to be friendly wolves. That's no. all I'm saying. Um, and there's something about the bass line is quite suspenseful like it's not that it's kind of like pausing in a very kind of pausing with intent yeah i'm just running through it in my head <laughs> and slightly slightly not entirely in your head yeah, <laughs> also not entirely in my head this is such a mess wolves lower what's it about are there any other lyrics that interest you are there any thematic things are there any musical things because you know a lot more about music than me I can just barely play the banjo very badly. <laughs> no, Lynn, you are a banjo lord. It's official. It's banjo on the internet. Lord. So insert Metallica riff played on a banjo. Oh, someone has definitely done that. Oh yeah, multiple people. <laughs> that's that's what YouTube is for. <laughs> I just really want to talk about Guiding in the Alley. I just yeah. I just want okay, to I, I think I think we should wrap it up. It's we'll wrap it up for tonight. It's we'll it's a it's week. a strong it's a strong opener. A strong opening. And for the EP, maybe not for the podcast, but certainly no. for uh, REM's. And I feel debut. like we can mostly guarantee that this podcast will only get better. I should certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so keep listening, listeners. Yes. And uh, we're going to cut there and record the intro for this episode, which I realise we haven't done. Doodly 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 doodly. Boom 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 boom. They can't sue us if we're this bad at impersonating it. Ah! Turn on narrator. Toggle switch on. GDGC podcast at gmail.com.